Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Earlier today, our guy Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic released uh, an excellent piece on the two Blues prospects that hope to carry forth the legacy of a legend from their home country. And JR is here to talk about it with us via the celebrity line. What's up, JR? Hey, boys. How you guys doing? We're doing great. So what did you learn about the Blues prospects and what made you think about writing a, a piece like this to talk about uh, their their home country? Yeah, it's it's so interesting. Obviously, uh, Pavel Dimitra, a beloved figure in the Blues franchise and uh, just a tragic passing back in 2011. But you're sitting at the draft and they go uh, number 10. They go with Dvorsky from Slovakia. Then they get to the third round. And they pick uh, the other gentleman, Pekarsik, from uh, Slovakia. And you think to yourself, Pav. Like, I, I always think Pav when I hear Slovakia. And so I walked up to uh, talk to these kids. And now keep in mind, they've just been drafted. They're so excited. But everything that comes out of their mouth is happy to be here. This is a dream come true. It's a lot of cliches. So I try to think of some different questions. And I say, hey, do you, still, do you know Pav Dimitra? Do you do you know big deal back in, in uh, Slovakia? Um, did you have any memory of him? And here's a kid who was five, six years old when Pavel Dimitra played in the NHL, six years old when he passed away, and he says, heck yeah, he's a legend. I love Pavel Dimitra. I have his stick back in my room. I watched YouTube clips of him. And so you kind of get to a place where you feel like there could be a story there. Uh, talk to Keith Kachuk, who's always willing to talk about Pavel Dimitra, and, and you have a story. So it blows me away that uh, here these kids are five, six years old when Pav stopped playing, and they're certainly familiar with him. Yeah, they are, and um, they're two pretty talented individuals as well, which is always great to see. And, Jr., I know that uh, Dalibor Dvorsky, over the course of the weekend, really turned some heads down at prospect camp. Uh, You were there firsthand. You know, what did you see from the young man? Best player I've seen at a Blues prospect camp since I've been covering them. Uh, You look back and you look at the high draft picks that the Blues have had, a couple of them, Jamie, have been defensemen with Eric Johnson and also Alex Petrangelo. I guess you could bring like a Vladimir Tarasenko and Jane Schwartz into the mix. That was right about the time when you had the lockout back in 2012. So I don't even remember if there was a development camp this year or that year. But you look at Dvorsky, and he just had everything. He had the hands. He had the patience. He was elusive. He played physical even. And, and he had the whole package. And three or four times, everybody... Uh, stood on their feet there at Centene, Ood and Odd, and you knew that Dvorsky was, uh, had the puck on his, on his stick, and that's what happened. So he's going to be a good one. He's under contract at least one more year, I think, in, uh, in Sweden he's going to play. Um, so is he going to be a blue in two years, three years? I asked him that. He said, that's the challenge. That's the test. I'll try to get here as soon as I can. But bar none, the best player I've seen at a development camp. So a couple other guys, too, at the camp that uh, I'm curious to, to get your thoughts on. Uh, the first one is Zachary Bolduc. You know, it's no secret he had a pretty good camp two years ago, and then Doug Armstrong on record saying that, listen, he didn't have a great camp last year, and it's a privilege to, you know, extend your, your preseason and play some games in the NHL, and he felt like he had work to do, 
Well, Zachary Bolduke went back to work this year, scored 50 goals plus in the Quebec League and won a Memorial Cup. What did you think of his weekend? Yeah, Riv, I thought uh, he had his moments where he looked really good. You know, he's an offensive player, 100 goals the past couple of years uh, with a junior team and obviously won the Memorial Cup this year. Uh, so I think he had his moments. Now, I know there were people at the camp, you know, fans, and, you know, they get on the social media boards and, you know, talk about some of the mistakes that, that he made. You know, first of all, I don't put too much stock into a development camp in terms of how good a player is or he isn't. You know, did he have a good week? You know, it, you know, it remains to be seen. What you say about this kid is he's played a ton of hockey in the past year. You're talking Blues camp, NHL camp. Then he goes back to have his junior season. Then he plays the uh, Q, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League playoffs. Then he goes to the Memorial Cup. And then now that just ended a couple months ago, and here he is. Uh, at, at the development camp. So here's a situation where this kid's played a ton of hockey, has to be a bit dinged up and a little bit fatigued. But I think he had his moments, and I'm going to have a piece on him at the Athletic on Friday where I kind of get into the progress that he's made in the past uh, year since he was at Blues Camp last year. So, you know, good player. I think he's got a lot of upside. We'll see what he can bring in September. Jeremy Rutherford joining us right now in the fast lane on 101 ESPN at JP Rutherford is where you can follow him on Twitter. Of course, check out his great work at The Athletic. Wanted to ask you about a player you you have covered you covered at to this point uh, his entire career at least up until the trade deadline. Vladimir Tarasenko fired his agent, Jr. That's typically an indication that he's not hearing some figures that he wants wants to hear. What do you what do you think is going to be the future of of Vladdy uh, now that he has he finally has an opportunity to test the market. Yeah, I should have a story up on that uh, any minute now. I've been working on it the past couple hours. Spoke with his new agent, J.P. Barry, with CAA Hockey. Uh, he has left Paul Theofanis. And, you know, here's a situation where you go back to 2020, Vladimir Tarasenko left Mike Liute. He wanted a, a trade. Uh, he wanted to get the shoulder worked on. Theofanis was the agent who suggested he go to Colorado and get that done in Vail. He did, so he struck a relationship with Theofanis. Now he gets to this point in his career in free agency. He's trying to get that contract, and whatever happened behind closed doors with uh, Theofanis, Vladdy didn't like it, so he called CAA Hockey yesterday, and now he changes agents again. So this is third agent in three years, and it's a situation where I talked to J.P. Berry today, and he said, we are just starting over. We're calling all the teams today. We heard there was a report that he was close to a deal with Carolina. We're going to call Carolina, talk to them. So, yeah, it's a tough market. The numbers aren't there, I don't think, for a 31, 32-year-old like Vladdy if he wants $6 million plus. Uh, I think those offers are more in the 5, 5, 5, maybe 6 range. And I think the fit for him is going to be important. He's not going to go to a team that's not uh, a contender, I don't think. So they're starting over, and we're a week into free agency. Vladdy doesn't have a home, and the dollars are tight, so it's going to be tough for his new agent to find him a deal. JR, do you think this is creating a bit of a pattern for Vladimir Tarasenko? Because the first thing I do when I'm a GM – as I'm looking at patterns for this player, one, his play on the ice. What's the pattern that I've seen? And his injury history. And then his, you know, his public demand of a trade and then changing agents right before that, then changing agents again. And, like, I see a pattern here. As a media guy and someone who's been around the sport a long time, how do you think that plays into all of this? A hundred percent I do. A hundred percent it's a pattern. And I think that people started to pick up on that pattern years ago. And I think when he left Mike Liute, I had so many people say to me, how do you leave Mike Liute? Like, what what could that be? And, and so he goes to Paul Theofanis. And Paul Theofanis has a reputation of being, 
you know, the type of guy that, uh, you, you know, he's ruffled some feathers over the course of his years as an agent. And so uh, he goes to Paul Theofanis and, and Vladdy, you know, I talked to him several times throughout the trade requests and things like that. And, and uh, he was behind everything that Theofanis was doing. You know, Theofanis was taking all the, the heat for the trade requests and the way things were handled and the comments that were made. Vladdy was step, you know, lockstep with him. And so now, obviously, that didn't go the right way. And, and now you go to a new agent and you add in everything that you just said, the trade requests, the three agents in three years, the injury history, you know, him being 32 years old. I think that's a huge red flag for teams who are looking at him in free agency and probably why he's not getting a long-term deal with the numbers that he wants because, you know, you could still play to 35, 36. But if teams are looking at it like, hey, Vladdy, we'll take you for the year, we'll give you this much, it's because they probably don't want a long-term marriage with Tarasenko based on that history we talked about. JR, I look forward to that piece that you have coming out on, on Vladdy. We'll get some more insight from you there too. And uh, have a good rest of your week. Yep, sounds good. Yep, should be up soon. Excellent. Thanks, JR. All right, see you.